0: Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode 216 of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, and it is the four horsemen once again of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. My brother Aaron is here.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: Archie Mitchell. Hola. Senor Archie Mitchell. And as we record on February 13th, happy birthday to Mr. Mark Brew. Hey!
2: Happy birthday. Mark. Hey! <laughs>
0: And I'm sure one of the I've
2: best
0: it, gifts. Get I'm sure one of the best gifts that you will get for your birthday are some of the names here, as we go through. Oh, definitely. Continue our journey through the PwI 500
1: from 1994. What and, year were uh, you
2: born, Mark? 1990.
1: Valentine's 1990. Mark's dad didn't get any ass on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The well, there's, Aaron. there's aaron's first up. <laughs> stat of the show
3: and it's a good one too
0: <laughs> so yeah for those of you that are listening i mean if you're listening for the first time anyway
3: where the hell you been uh,
0: yeah go back no, and listen to the last episode because we are going through the pwi 500 from 500 through number one, from 1994, last week we left off at 435, which was Killer Canarek, and I was probably drunk by the time I got to his name, so there you go. So we'll start this week, and like I said, last week and every other time we've done this, we'll record for about 90 minutes, see how far we get, maybe we'll break into the top 400 this time, because we're going to start at 434, Sean Summers. Six foot, 231 pounds, three years pro. Beach boy was a global rule breaker. Now in Midwest independence after an East coast stint among the best 1992 rookie crop, a talented wrestler who frequently
3: interferes in matches.
0: I do remember him from global. I don't think he did much after that.
3: Um, yeah, I, I remember him as well. He had the, uh, the uh, oxy on his nose, you know, and, Would come out in those fluorescent tights and shit like
2: that. He was he was pretty entertaining actually. He uh in ninety eight six twenty seven ninety eight he actually did the job for uh, draws on
0: Mm -hmm. WWE. Did not know that. I didn't like I said. I didn't didn't know, know. Didn't know anything about him after the global the global run. So. I think he was TV
3: champion in global for a little while, right?
0: Uh, I think you're right, yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Number four, Aaron, probably anything on Sean Summers? I don't know. I mean he sound he sounds like he's pretty basic. Probably looks like a like a buff bagwell looking motherfucker, probably. Right. Yeah. Um, um more like a more like a
0: sunny know. beach type.
3: Yeah, like sunny that, beach, uh Almost, oh, okay. almost do like a shorter version of Mean Mike, me Mike Enos, only not as mean. You know, bleak That's blonde hair, five o'clock shadow. So you lean with the boas. Lean Mike Enos. Lean Mike Enos. There you go. That works. <laughs> lean Mike Enos.
0: Number 433 is Star Rider, 6'2, 211, three years pro. Popular PWF star, gaining experience and knowledge. Still has scars from his 1993 feud with George South. Former PWF tag champ now focusing on singles on WWF and WCW broadcasts.
2: I don't think so I've ever been a mask guy. One. Yeah, he's masked. It looks like it says he was born in Fairfield, Ohio, but he looks like something that crawled out the Alabama backwoods. <laughs> <laughs> Star Rider, woo!
3: Goldhead. <laughs> <Roll tide. laughs> oh no. Yeah, I, I the name sounds slightly familiar, but
0: Aaron just gave him the Aaron Anderson treatment. I don't know you.
2: <laughs> I don't know you. Oh no. well, we we got the fix for that. Do do. Peep this.
3: What does the Google say? No, I'm going to show you this picture. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, that's as generic as possible. <laughs> look yeah. at that face. How's Hell. he so low on the list? He should have been like number 500.
0: Like Dr. Eagle would say, look at that punum. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. All right. Number 432 is Rock Stevens, 6'4, 260, four years pro. Gunning for more glory in Midwest Territorial Wrestling after a reign as the Motor City Champion. Great Flying Lariat off the top. Also known as Punisher, Rock Stevens and Scott Stevens. I don't know who that is. So I really can't can't comment on him. Every once in a while you have that guy where it's like none of the four of us have ever heard of him. So it's like, all right, moving on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, next...
0: Uh, I know last week I uh, mentioned that I, I remembered these guys, Troy and Mark. Mark Mest, 5'11", 368, five years pro. Big Mark is making his mark on Pennsylvania independence. Physical style perfect, perfectly complements tag team partner and brother Troy's technical acumen has a devastating splash. I definitely do remember the Mests. I remember seeing them in magazines, and I think I've seen some of their stuff on YouTube Uh they're kind of a a fun brother tag team because, you know, usually brother tag teams are like um, like the Steiners or Harlem Heat or whatever, where they're di- they're clearly different guys. But you can tell they're brothers and they have kind of the same, you know, it, it, a lot of the same features, whereas Troy and Mark were funny because they had there was like the technical wrestling, good looking brother and then the fat brother. <laughs> and It was just it was kind of an interesting thing. You don't see that a lot. It
1: was like know? so it was like the Quades.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dennis and Randy. Yeah,
1: like like guys like our mom, me and Nate's mom. She she fucking loves Dennis Quaid, and she used to say all the time. I can remember her as a kid being like, I don't fucking understand how Randy Quaid came out of the same genetics <laughs> as Dennis. <Quaid."
3: laughs> That's good. <laughs> Number
1: four hundred and thirty
0: is Vance Nevada. 5'10". I remember Vance
3: Nevada. I do too.
0: One year pro. 18 year old rookie. Rising star in Winnipeg's River City Wrestling. Determined quick and agile. Stamina can be a problem. Needs to expand his repertoire. So this is his rookie year and I also remember Vance Nevada. I don't... I just remember him in the magazines really.
2: Just to me. Yeah, was he was... Like, was uh, he, oops, if Baron Von Roschke uh, hooked up with some Southern chick... <laughs>
1: Didn't he didn't he go I, mean, to, I just I, 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 yeah, he, I just remember him he was like um I think he's Canadian. Yeah. I remember right. Yes. Yes. I
2: mean, when he was in, in that Winnipeg Yeah. So he's the author too.
3: His finisher was known as the Grade A Beefy Slap Top Rope Leg drum. Jesus. <laughs>
1: What,
2: who, why much. so long of a name? Talk about a mouthful! Because it took Brian. him that
1: long to get to the top rope. <laughs> Bobby.
3: <laughs> Bobby Eaton does it. It's the Alabama jam. Yeah. <laughs> this guy does it. It's the beefy leg top rope spinneroni. What the hell?
0: Say <laughs> like the wacky wild beefaroni leg drop. Yes,
3: <laughs> I like him. <laughs>
1: did they cut out
2: yeah it seems so
1: i
0: i'm still here can you hear me okay yes we can yeah my internet's being wild tonight all right keith hart five six two oh five nine years pro from severeville tennessee not related to the calgary Hart clan A Japanese-style aerialist, very fast, with fancy moves and no fear, has won tag titles with partner Greg Hart. So I first saw Keith Hart, and I was like, oh, Keith Hart. And then I saw that it wasn't
1: him, and I'm like, okay, I don't know who this is. (laughs) (laughs) They have to say, this is Keith Hart, nine years pro. He's from where? South Carolina? Sevierville, Tennessee. Tennessee. He's not related to the Hearts. Like, they had, like, two Keith Harts.
3: Apparently so. did
2: have to say that it wasn't the guy. He's got
3: a brother too, named Greg.
2: <laughs> no, this, this this wasn't them hearts. This was the achy breaky hearts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the did uh, the, the, the four
2: twenty eight
0: Spartan Greg Bobchick.
3: Wait, wait, wait! Repeat: Spartan or Spartan? Spartan. Spartan. Spartan.
0: Greg Bobchick.
3: X X
0: Michigan State Matt Star, hence the nickname, has also competed in Japan's UWFI, trained by Ivan Koloff, went 36 and 0 and 5 until losing to Mickey Doyle. Never heard of him.
3: Never even heard of the guy that beat him.
2: I mean, he was tra- he was trained by Koloff, so I mean he he had to be decent, solid worker, probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Never got anywhere apparently though, because I don't know who the hell he is. He was just solid worker. Didn't say he had a great gimmick. Right? Didn't say he was any. Didn't <laughs> say he was gonna do anything. He just solid
1: <laughs> worker. Right. Vladimir was probably trained by Ivan Koloff, too, and he sucked. <laughs> and this guy might have. I mean, you, you don't. It, it says he went
0: thirty six zero and five in UWFI. So you know, maybe if if you were more familiar with the Japanese. Mixed martial arts shit back then, or the you know what I mean. That promotion, maybe you wouldn't know who he is, but that wasn't my thing back then, and it still isn't. So, (laughs) number 427 is Chris Carter. Didn't he write the X Files? (laughs) 510, 230 pounds, 14 years pro, reverted old, reverted to old name after being known as Professor Jack Graham. He and Mohammed Jihad Saad are the international freedom fighters. The Midwest Territorial Wrestling Tag Team Champions, incredibly arrogant. hmm I
3: like this tag team
1: partner yes. better than I like him. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, he, the X, he did create the X-Files. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when I saw the name Chris Carter. I was like, the
0: X-Files guy?
1: Look, <laughs> Muhammad Gihad, I'm going
3: to retire to go write the X-Files. You keep on keeping on. I have a great idea for a TV series, so... right. I made them five hundred. I'm done.
0: I actually saw a thing in uh i'm in a one of the one of the Facebook groups one of the Facebook groups I'm in. They talk about stuff like t v shows and movies and stuff too, and somebody had put up you know what's your favorite um detective show right you know people are answering you know rockford files and um I don't know just all these different detective shows, and I had to Brando. answer. Yeah, I had to answer. Mine's The X-Files. I guess I'm a nerd. Because to me, The X-Files is like a nerd's detective show, and I love it.
3: Well, I mean, it's a detective show no matter how you slice it. I mean, it just so happens to deal with aliens. Yeah. You know? so Not something I've ever watched. I'm not not frowning upon it or making fun of it. I just never had the time when it first came out Mm -hmm. to watch it. And I like David Duchovny. That's the funny part. But I just never got in enough time to like be like, yeah, I'm gonna go binge watch X Files, you know? What right. I mean? Well,
0: and the funny thing is, I didn't watch it when it first started, and I don't want to make this an X Files show. I'll just go quick. I didn't watch it when it first started, but then when it went into after like the first couple of seasons, you know, and those of you that are young and might not realize what I'm saying here, shows used to go into syndication, right? Which means that they would be first run on the TV se- channel that they're on, and then you know then they'd start running at 5 p.m. on a fox channel or something every right. monday through friday but anyway once the x-files went into syndication i saw an episode that was insane where, like there was like this hillbilly family and they were they were, <laughs> they, were they were they were breeding they were inbreeding with their mother who they kept under the bed Are you so sure this
3: was x-files
0: Yes, and I was like, this is insane. And that's the episode of the show that made me go back and say, okay, I need to watch this show because this is
1: wild as fuck.
0: And then I just, I got, I got really into it. Now it's one of my favorite. The craziest one
1: was the, my craziest one was the, um, circus freak one.
0: Yeah, that one's wild too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Number 426, Tommy Rogers. Five nine two oh, twenty two fourteen yeah. 14 years pro formerly one half of the fantastics with bobby fulton generally limits wrestling to japanese tours a feisty sort he and fulton twice won the wcw us tag team belts in 1980
1: Tommy Rogers i, think, was the I think they
0: mean 1990 here that's a misprint it wouldn't be 1980 yeah, but anyway what was the what, what was the misprint sorry Well it said it said Rogers and Fulton twice won the WCW US tag team belts in nineteen
1: eighty. I'm like, no, it was nineteen ninety. It was not nineteen eighty. Well, they might have like they could have been US tag team champions in the eighties. I don't know because it says
0: but it says WCW US tag champs, not NWA.
1: Yeah, but it's probably just they they might have but but they might have been a misprint. But yeah, Tommy Rogers was the fucking bomb, man. Like that dude was like a fucking machine worker. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, yeah, he wasn't very good in the ring, and I understand. I understand why he never made it in the WWF because he was a little guy. And if he would have went there, he probably would have been like in the same vein as like a Tom Zank or a or a um, Jim Powers or whatever. But he was. I mean, he, obviously he was better than those guys, but Tommy Rogers was the fucking shit. Great didn't, fucking work.
3: Didn't him and his tag team partner have a match in WWE where they tried to label them as cruiserweights or light heavyweights when they were trying him to get Bobby,
1: Bobby Fulton had Him and Bobby Fulton had a match on Raw Yeah in the light, um,
3: light heavyweight, heavyweight tournament, tournament, which made no sense to me. They should have just brought them in as a tag team, but you know. It was one they had a like, great match, though. I know that much. They actually showed off pretty well in the ring.
1: Like if, if people that don't know '80s wrestling, I'd compare like a Tommy Rogers to, um, like a Chris Candido. Yeah, that type. I agree. Of you know what I mean. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Number four twenty-five, TJ Jackson. 6'3", 404 pounds, 7 years pro, Miami native in hometown hometown hardcore pro wrestling, has won tag team title with The Miser, volatile-tempered rule-breaker, has been known to assault fans, promoters, and family members. So apparently it's 400-pound fuck beats his wife. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. it, 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 does he it, come it, out it, I'm sorry Miss Jackson then <laughs>
0: <laughs> good one good one I like that one all right nothing else on TJ because I don't think any of us know who he is no 424 King Kalua. 510 247 10 years pro what's someone from Hawaii doing on the East Coast Independence very well for himself thank you former Pacific heavyweight champion, and also toured Far East and Europe. And if anybody's ever seen, I, th- I don't think it's there anymore, because when they switched over to, to Peacock, a lot of the Hidden Gems stuff went away. But if you ever saw in the Hidden Gems on the WWE Network, they had the ECW pilot episode. Yes. And King Kalua actually wrestled on the pilot episode of the ECW TV show. I don't know if you ever saw that or not. but
3: Yep. Yeah, the he may have he right may he,
0: he may have even wrestled the Tasmaniac. I can't remember because it's been a while since I've seen it. But let's just
2: call it what it is. It's Hawaiian Sting. I was thinking more like Hawaiian Warrior. <laughs> no, to me, he reminds me of Sting. <laughs> no, I'm
3: over here. Look, look. You got a picture or no? I'll show a picture right yeah, now. Yeah, I got one. there yeah. that to me looks like Hawaiian Warrior.
1: Yeah, we look similar.
3: Face paint, you know.
1: <laughs> well, you yeah, got see...
3: pants on.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, you're both you're both coming from your own truth.
3: <laughs> in My picture, he was wearing warrior type, you know, uh, underwear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's the Hawaiian. Just... He's the Hawaiian Power Warrior
3: Sting. Aikaya. <laughs> Okay. No, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, and, and Bailey's. Um, 423, Jesse Henning, 6'2", 210, one-year pro, trained by his older brother, Kurt, and father, Larry, and Brad Regans, a rising star in Twin Cities-based PWA, good scientific wrestler eager to learn more. Wait,
3: wait! Kurt had a brother. I, I never
0: yeah. knew that.
1: I don't. I uh, don't believe this.
3: Yeah. Do um, <laughs> so you mean after Kurt died and they inducted him into a Hall of Fame and everything that went on? We've never seen or heard of this man. I don't understand this.
2: Yeah, Let's I don't see. believe
3: it. Instead, we got Michael McGillicuddy. I, you know, Aaron. <laughs> <his heir apparent. laughs> I'm
2: gonna see. Here because the only thing I I see is a Daily Motion video where it looks like they're running a show in somebody's backyard. Uh huh. Wow, I'm just sitting here thinking this guy made the fucking PWI? Right. (laughs) Because he told me me it was related to Kurt. Yeah, Mr. Perfect's brother. I want to (laughs) stop. And I mean, I (laughs) see a guy in Kurt Henning looking attire. So, I mean, when he was the Mr. Perfect. i'm calling bullshit yeah
3: I, I think it has to be he might have been trained by larry the Axe Heading and what, what did you say brad ringan or something
2: aaron's like i would have fucking knew if this was his brother I think we yeah. all yeah. he's, he's like bullshit. i'm a fan and and like a super fan you're like, not gonna call all me all the this, years yeah. of all the company i'm that calling Kurt bullshit
3: Hedding went to we have never heard like at Slambury and wcw they brought larry the Axe Heading out and he actually had a part in the show. His whole family was there except for Kurt, because he was working for the WWF at the time. Why wouldn't there have been another son in the in the audience though?
1: Yeah. Whenever we
3: saw Flair, we saw every child. You know I
2: mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and maybe it was maybe it was one of those things where they maybe maybe the axe was trying to get some kid to start, you know, in the business and you can be a right. heading, just like all these people, you know, just like Lars Anderson, you said you could be an Anderson. Right, um, But yeah, you guys are right. I mean, you never have. And if I look him up on the in the Google machine, I mean, it must be the same guy because it says he's from he's in a greater Minneapolis, St. Paul area area. But now, I mean, his name must legally be Jesse Henning because on LinkedIn, he's Jesse Henning and he's account and an account executive at Carsuit.com.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, You're know. you you, you sure his real name isn't Kevin Vaughn?
3: So he can get us into a new Chevy Impala, but he can't work wrestle with the look anymore. Yeah. But he'll uh, get
2: to, couldn't get but, a decent promo picture either. You know what kind of deal?
3: You know what kind of deal you're gonna
0: get from him though?
2: Okay, perfect. Perfect.
3: perfect.
0: All right, 422 American GI. That's a basic ass name. 6'3, 240, four years pro, formerly in the PWF, where he was Italian Stallion's frequent tag team partner. A patriotic sort and a big fan favorite wherever he goes. Determined, will fight until the end. I'm sure this guy just came out dressed like Sergeant Slaughter. And
1: yeah, this guy's Bucket came out like to board in the USA. And <laughs> yeah, fuck him.
0: <laughs> Number four twenty-one, Jerry Faith. Six foot 219, two years pro, up and comer in CWA and other independents. Trained by Nightmare Dan Davis. Also captured the CWA tag belts with Davis earlier this
1: year.
3: I don't know, Jerry Faith.
0: And I, he came I, out
1: of the George Michael song. I was
3: just about to say that, Aaron. You stole the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, he's got that proud here, dude. He'd, he'd get the fans to start chanting, you got to have faith, you got to have faith, as he was down and making a comeback. Did you think it would be nice?
0: If I
2: could slam your body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number 420. First name Bo, last name Dacious, Bo Dacious, six foot yeah. two thirty three years pro, native of Huber Heights, Ohio, has an excellent future ahead of him. <laughs> is contender yeah. is contending in several <laughs> Midwest Independent Federations. Fan favorite continues to gain experience. One of the reasons I love being a wrestling fan and why I love pro wrestling because only in pro wrestling would a guy be like, Yep, my name is Bo Dacious. Yeah, legal well, name, legal sure. name. My mama named me Bo Dacious. Justin,
1: first Bravo. name, Bo. Last name, Dacious. Bo Dacious. Well, I mean, he had two and, other and nobody, names. In nobody would and, think
2: twice. He had two other names in wrestling, and I believe Bo Dacious was actually the not so bad out of all three. What were the other two? Bill kavaleski and Killer Kent.
3: Bill Kavalevsky. Okay. All right. Your ring announcer
0: was like, "I look, I can't say that." All right, just call, just, call me, bodacious? just call me, just
2: call me Nicknames Nate, like were that. the Dapper Destroyer and the One and Only.
3: Nate, I like when you read has a bright future. You snickered. he was <laughs> like,
1: "Yeah, right." <laughs>
3: I
0: didn't want to working
1: mean. at Aldi's.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to be mean, but now he's working. Now he's working with that heading guy at
2: Carsoup.com. And <laughs> come out to that Nelly song. Good gracious ass is bodacious. Audacious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number 419 is Barry Houston, 6'1, 210, 6 years pro. Not related to former wrestler Sam Houston, though he's also a Texan. Quick, agile, light heavyweight competes in Miami-based Atlantic Atlantic Wrestling Council. Knows virtually every suplex in the book.
3: <laughs> so he was ties before he was ties? I guess so.
0: He's the human suplex machine. He's the Houston suplex machine. There you the one picture I
2: find of him, he's got his mouth wide open. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Don't know him. Don't know him.
0: 418, Greg Hart. That's the uh, Keith Hart guy's tag team partner. 58202, six years pro. Has held numerous titles with partner Keith Hart. Quick aerialist, delights Southern fans with flying body press. Won 85% of 1993 and 94 matches. Formerly known as Regulator Steel.
3: Now, that name I know. That name I've heard before and I've read before. Regulator Steel. So that's who these guys were. I don't know. They were Regulators,
2: armed. Mound oh. up. That's uh, exactly was, what I was their gimmick was. Kind of adult no. sites he was on. Regulator steel. That's, a, that's exactly yeah, what their gimmick was.
3: They were cowboys, and they'd come out to the to that. That would be their their opening. Oh so, yeah! Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then they became a fake heart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh four seventeen. K. C. Knight. Six heard one two forty two four years pro Windy City Wrestling's former heavyweight champion was recently upset by the devious Iron Mike Sampson. Aerial tactics and a super quick style make him a popular fan favorite. I've I see a picture of him here, and I have I know of this guy. I don't know if I've ever actually seen one of his matches, yeah, but I, I know him from before. the magazines. I mean, come LA on, J.C.
2: night, LA night. I mean. Yes, yeah, it's really That's what it said.
0: From Kansas City to Los Angeles, it's the Knight family. Everybody, that's
3: right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, when Papa got bigger, he moved us all from Kansas City to LA. So I adopted the LA gimmick just to, you know.
0: I I like it. What about? One of my favorite things is in the descriptions when the writers of the magazine throw shade at these wrestlers, like right. this next one. This next one's great. Blaze Bigelow, 6'2, <laughs> 258, 7 Years Pro. Shares last name with Bam Bam, but that's about it. I, I like it. I like it when they, when they when they when they throw a little shade at the fucking wrestler.
3: <laughs> this song.
0: And this Florida Florida ruffian competes solely to dispense pain hardly has any ring sense <laughs> they're just shitting on this guy he this looks was like him. this
2: looks like archie if he makes his in ring return why did they just wait? <laughs> this motherfucker ain't got no
3: wrestling skills <laughs> yeah well, why and why is he on here
1: and not chad
3: Austin <laughs>
1: this right what fat dump mean? this fat dump stumbles around like a oh fucking is that, retard oh Aaron, is, that, is that Jason Maples <laughs> It looks like him. <laughs> oh God! It, wait, is. Wait, wait it
2: wait is. is. It is. It is. Jason
3: maples. <laughs> you know who he looks like. It you looks guys like ever? Casey maples. You guys ever watch XPW? Mm-hmm. The company that took over for each of it. Remember the guy Supreme? That's what he looks yes. like. Just what a beard.
1: I don't think that's supreme. I think that's Jason Maples. I think it actually is Jason Maples. <laughs> so Jason, Jason,
0: I know, I know, Jason, Jason, if you're listening, the PWX 594 totally shit on you, brother. <laughs> I knew that, that he went by. I knew that he wrestled as Hurricane. I didn't know he wrestled as Blaze Bigelow.
3: You could tell that this guy <laughs> was trying to look like by the. <laughs>
1: In '94, he read the magazine and was like, "Shit, I got oh, my, my
3: name." Right? Either that or Bama oh, called him and was like, "You gotta change your fucking name, boy." This is getting, this is getting bad. You can't out, You
1: can't be a
2: bigger
3: This roughie, Ruffian.
1: <coughs> Number
0: four, fifteen. Neil Superior. You're not a bigger low. <laughs> huh? oh neil
3: well, well, you know what superior? Neil
0: superior 64 267 four years pro iwccw and Baltimore area favorite still remains a threat to any opponent former south Atlantic champion smooth and scientific but can brawl if need be if he wrestled in iwccw in Baltimore I bet Chad knows who he is
3: That's what I
1: was gonna say like next if if we don't if we don't get out of the 400s. Or whatever, or out of the 300s this week, we need to get Chad on the next show because he might know some of these fuckers.
2: Has to. They'll be Hambone of the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who's next? He was Up
0: trying next 414 of Gladiator 2. 414, 6 4'14", 6'2", 49 years pro, former tag team wrestler, probably best known for losing a match to the Mulkey Brothers on national TV, currently in the PWF,
1: gained speed over the past year. So he's probably one of those... Well, I remember gener- these guys. No, I remember these guys. These guys lost to the Mulkeys, and then they were mad. And it was the guy that Shivani, they were interviewing him, and they wore purple outfits, and he was like, cut an angry promo. And as this mask went down his face... Like you know, when like guys have like that triangle thing on the, over their nose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it like wound up in his mouth. Like yes, the, the bottom <laughs> yes, part of sir, it. I you're remember right.
2: it. Totally right. Yep. Well, I mean, <laughs> how happy <laughs> would you be if they told you you were going under to the monkeys? Hey, the
3: monkeys Mul- 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 <laughs> monkeys lost to pretty much everybody except for the gladiators.
2: <laughs> the
1: monkey mania. Monkey Mul- mania. Number 43 30... motherfucker. Bump taking motherfuckers the Mulkeys, You got to give them credit, man. They take those fucking concrete bumps like a champ. Right? Anyway, I'll
0: say I'll Sorry. say this right. I'll say this right now and I don't give a fuck if anybody listening is offended or not. The Mulkeys <laughs> were a better tag team than the Young Bucks.
3: A <clears throat> bomb? Oh, yeah. They definitely do want to bump. Cuz they
2: were believable. <laughs> You know, and there the wasn't super kids.
3: The Road Warriors need somebody to go with. Hey, Melkies, you want a job? Yeah. <laughs> Number
2: 413,
0: Sunset Sam McGraw. 6'6", 3'10", two years pro. This scary colossal mask man is the reigning Georgia heavyweight champion. Awesome power. Member of Big Texas Army, which also includes the Flame and Heartless. You know, at least this federation
1: a, had some creative going on, right? <laughs> yeah, but you can't you can't be a masked wrestler and have a real and have a name.
3: Well, you got a nickname. I'm Sunset.
1: Sam McGraw. You know what I mean? I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sam McGraw, but I'm gonna put my mask on well, you just tonight. Told us you're Sam McGraw,
3: man. <laughs> tonight in that high school gym. The sun is gonna set on you, brother.
0: You mean you mean Sam McGraw works up at the 76th
3: station? <laughs> no, no, they forgot, they forgot.
1: No, I got, I, got, I got a mask on. I got a mask on. That's
2: Tim's cousin.
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely look at him. They look like He's him. a McGraw. I seen you out there, I seen you out there last week with Craig and them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean flame and heartless? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Number 412 is Blair Rogers, 510, 225, three years pro. Bobby Rogers' brother, doubtful, far less (laughs) experienced, notorious for a doink like move of taking Bobby's place in the ring while matches in progress.
3: So they're twins? So that tells us they're twins, right.
1: (sighs) Uh, Anyway. Or he's dressed like doink, and the referee's like, What the fuck is going on? Your brother's not dressed like Doink, and you're dressed like Doink. You're not. You're not tricking me. This is the opposite of mass confusion. Both of you have to be dressed like Doink. You're yeah. You're disqualified. <laughs> I like the referee being very matter of fact yeah, about Yeah, like it. this is this is stupid. This is stupid. You, and you're. And you're I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what was his name? Blair Johnson, Blair Rogers, Blair Rogers, Blair Rogers. Rogers, You're a fucking moron.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you even dressed like Doink? He's not booked on the show. Why are you dressed like Doink?
2: Hell, Blair Rogers (laughs) wasn't even booked on the show, but he shut the fuck
3: up. Right, shut
0: up (laughs) under the ring. This match is over. Number 411 is Robbie Royce, 5'8", 2'15", 3 years pro, fine up-and-coming aerial wrestler. One of the most popular wrestlers on the Canadian independent scene, has done surprisingly well against larger foes, will accept anyone's challenge. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I remember this name. Like, at first when I read it, I was like, it sounds familiar, but then I don't know. Maybe it was that another
3: Royce. Dope. Yeah, I don't know. It's... <clears throat> Sounds familiar, but like you said, it could have it just been another guy with the last name Royce. You know what I mean? Says he says
2: uh, his alter egos were Canadian Cannonball, El Diablo Jesus, <laughs> Mr. Midnight, Mr. Torture, and then Robbie Royce. El Diablo <laughs> Jesus? How do you go from El Diablo Jesus <laughs> to I'm Robbie
3: Royce? Right. <laughs> kind of make you, Was he wearing a mask as I'm, El Diablo Jesus? Was I he don't, know. out one night. And be like, "Hey, I'm Robbie Royce." No, you're not.
1: You're El Diablo Jesus.
0: Yeah, you're I'm the, the devil, devil Jesus.
3: I'm the Devil
0: Jesus. It sounds like it sounds like a guy that would be like hanging around downtown, you know, <laughs> <Right.
2: I'm laughs> like the
0: El- the Al- on Jesus. on on the street. You kind of avoid him, you you know, right. fuck
1: that Devil yeah, Jesus guy. Stink. He's trying to get six dollars out of me as I go to the Seven <laughs> Eleven. I'm the Devil Jesus. I'm the Devil Jesus. Jesus. A, I'm the Devil Jesus. Can you give me a bag of palm Off,
3: dude. And, and for yeah. some reason, yeah. he's dressed like like Doink.
0: You give me a pack of mouths and some mac and cheese bites. <laughs> right. 1994,
3: Nate, There were no mac and cheese bites back then. <laughs>
0: All right, winter fresh gum. Then there you go.
1: Need some Cinnaburst. I'm the Devil Jesus. (laughs) Ooh, Cinnaburst.
0: Ooh, throw it back. Yikes, that shit was nasty. Like, (laughs) but they they dipped gum in like cinnamon flavored salt. (laughs) It was fucking gross. Anyway, uh, Cinnaburst that
1: takes me back.
0: Um. 410, Lou Andrews. I'm
1: the devil Jesus. Jesus.
0: (laughs) Number four ten is Lou Andrews, six four, two eighty-five, three years pro. Big strong veteran of Pacific Northwest Independence. Veteran? He's only been wrestling three years. Laredo, Texas, native, who loves a good fight as much as anyone. Favorite move is the reverse pile driver, has a good future, barring injury.
1: What is the reverse
3: pile driver? A tombstone, right? A
1: tombstone.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Okay, I was imagining that wrong. It's like, okay, you you dump me on your head, on my head. Wait, <laughs> that's your predator.
0: Lou Andrews, setting him up for the wine, me, dine me, sixty, mind me.
1: It's the reverse pile driver. All right. <laughs> he
0: said Lou Andrews. Lou Andrews sounds like a comedian.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Louie Andrews. Andrews.
3: No, Anderson. <laughs> no, you're Louie Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Wow. No relation to the other Anderson. It, do,
1: it does sound like that, though. Like this Friday night at
0: Chuckle Fucks, Lou Andrews. <laughs> oh my God,
2: bro. He looks like he could be Cameron Grimes' daddy. Ooh. Let's see.
3: <laughs> do, 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 do. Let's, Let's see, see what the Google is showing you.
1: Share screen. This Saturday at the Chuckle Box. Yeah. He gets in the ring and his promos like women be like, <laughs> this is the yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, actually,
0: he looks like a fucking pro wrestler. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. He looks, I pictured him looking sloppy or whatever,
3: but. God, look at that mullet!
0: <laughs>
3: this is a <laughs> front party in the back. Get the, mu- the mullet one. and the
0: mullet and the Hogan stash. <laughs> Number 409, Jim Brunzel, 5'10", 234, 22 years pro, formerly in the WWF, now in Independence, master of the fly, uh, master of the dropkick, formed the High Flyers with Greg Gagne, and they won the AWA Tag Titles in 1977 and 1981.
1: Jim Brunzel actually wasn't... Uh, my voice... I don't know why my voice just peaked right there, but Jim Brunzel actually wasn't a
0: bad worker. No, Jim Brunzel no. is my favorite of... I actually am not a big fan of Brian Blair. I like Jim Brunzel as a wrestler though. Actually, the funny thing is, I actually like Brunzel and I don't like Greg Gagne as a singles wrestler, but him and
1: Brunzel were a really good fucking tag That's team. The if, point. You ever, they were, if you ever get, if you ever get if you ever get a team. chance
0: to watch any of their stuff,
1: they, they actually were a really good fucking tag team. Yeah, and I, I didn't mind the killer bees. Mm. I, I, Jim mm-hmm. Brunzel wasn't a bad was a was a pretty good fucking wrestler. Um and I think this is ninety-four. I think in
0: ninety-four he came back for a little bit in the WWF. I'm pretty sure he was on some raws in ninety-four, if
1: I remember correctly. He, he also so. he also he also worked a little bit in WCW in ninety-three. Yep, he like he did he did that in ninety three, and I think he worked a little bit there.
2: Yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing
1: wrong with Jim Bronzell. I think like um he wasn't big enough to be on a like to be a single star in the WWF. And I'm not saying like big enough as a star. I'm saying like stature wise. Mm -hmm. And he and he also he also suffered from um the Minnesota voice. If that makes sense. Like he wasn't big enough, but then he also he also had the voice of like if he's gonna cut a promo, he's like oh geez. Yeah he sounds like he sounds like
0: he's Sounds like he's sounds like he's in the movie Fargo. Oh jeez!
1: Oh uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: yeah. I'm gonna beat him down tonight. You let me, know. Let me tell you something, Mister Lundegaard. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with Jim Pranzo.
0: He like just
3: loves all listeners from the state of any Minnesota because <laughs> <laughs> the
1: they know they know it's true.
3: They're all listening like fuck these guys. What's going on? Yeah, here?
0: you bet you sure. You guys can go get bent, eh? Oh yeah, you can go, you can go, fuck yourself, bunch <laughs> of hosers. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather be Canadian anyway. You know, four oh eight, Mister Dynamic.
3: Nice segue there. I'd rather be Canadian anyway. Four oh eight,
0: Mister Dynamic. Six foot, two sixty five, five years pro. This muscular athlete is the top contender to the New Age title. Boasts an impressive top rope lariat. Fragile psyche gets him in trouble when rattled by fans.
3: Don't know him. If you're if you're going by the Monarch, Mister Dynamic, how could your fragile psyche get you in trouble? Like, shouldn't you be like impervious to everything because you're that Dynamic? Yeah, and
0: they, somebody needs to get him Bodacious's phone number so he yeah, can, <laughs> can give
3: him, well, a, little, him give a little L- cons.
1: Yeah, For or El or, or like Mister. <laughs> More like Mr. try. Trin- Trin- oh, I talked to <laughs> that. Dramatic. Mr. Tr- like Mr. Mr. Dramatic. Dramatic. No. Mr. Dramatic. <laughs> He's like Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> but that's his
3: ass tonight if my anxiety doesn't take over first.
0: <laughs> Number 407. It's all coming down. Don Morocco. 6'4", yeah. 274, 24 wow. years pro, occasionally competes mostly in Hawaii, where veteran Rule Breaker now lives. Tough, talented two-time WWF Intercontinental champion, has also wrestled in ECW, had long-time feud with Jimmy Snuka. I think pretty much at this time, Morocco is wrapping it up. He had just finished up that stint in ECW. And, uh,
3: and but he's he still in ECW, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Because it, hey, went, from him, it went from it went from sorry. It went from him, it went from him to Tito to Shane Douglas. Right. And that's when Shane became became champion the first time. Yes. Right,
3: right.
1: No, I wouldn't play Morocco. tell me if I'm wrong, and if I am, it's okay. But we were just talking about the um reverse pile driver. Mm. I think he invented the if not invented it, he brought it to the States. I think he was the first guy to use the Tombstone. Morocco? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The The only one that I, he's the, he's the first, at least for me, the, the first that I can recall using that move and Morocco. when he did it, man. It looked like he dropped you on your fucking stack of knives. And, <laughs> and I'm sure it was safe yeah. as hell. You know what I mean? I'm sure it was safe as hell.
1: Yeah. He made it look mean. Yeah, he's the first guy that I remember using that shit, and that dude, he might have not been, and he didn't need to be. So I'm gonna preface that by I'm gonna preface this by saying that was he like the greatest in ring worker in the world? No, but fucking promo wise, that dude was a fucking genius. Oh, Don he was Morocco, the first guy. Not- Sorry, I'm just like
0: Don Don is one of my favorite pro wrestlers of
1: all time. End of story. One one of my favorite too. And and promo-wise, like he was like, I'm gonna talk quiet. So you gotta shut the fuck up and listen to what I'm saying. You know, like 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 people put Jake over for that and they should, but Don was the first guy to really do that, that I remember. If that makes sense. Like, and like he, I'm gonna he, talk quiet, so you gotta listen to me. He had
0: fun doing his shit too. Like you could tell he enjoyed it. Like I was watching, uh, I'm watching some WWF stuff from '87, like late '87, early '88, and uh, he's just turned face because he's doing the thing where uh, Butch Reed and One Man Gang attacks Superstar Graham, and Morocco's, you know, siding with Superstar Graham. He's about to become the Rock or whatever. But anyway, he does this whole promo with Gene. Where he's like, I'm going to tell you what. You attack superstar Graham. Bruce Reed. Yeah, that's what I'm calling you. Bruce Reed. Because that was your name when he came out your mama. Bruce Reed. And he's calling Butch <laughs> Reed Bruce, Bruce Reed through this whole promo. And I was just like, this is fucking great. Because
1: Gene's kind of smirking. And he was like, that's what your name was when he came out your mama. <laughs> <That's a great laughs> fucking line. When he came out your mama. <laughs>
0: But yeah, Morocco is fucking fantastic.
1: Um, anybody that
0: says anything otherwise, they they don't they are wrong. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, they you know you know how so. I am. People can have their opinions about stuff, and I don't give yeah, it. But, but anybody that watches Don Morocco and
1: isn't entertained doesn't want to be entertained. Oh, he was so funny, and and when I said it wasn't he like in ring work because like he was a good in ring worker too. Yeah. Even when he got big and bulky, he was still fucking good. There ain't no um, hole in that game of D'Aboraco. Archie Murphy, either one of you got
2: anything? I mean, he's he's part of one of the damn most legendary spots in fucking history.
1: Mm-hmm. I, mean, like I jumped on him.
2: Yep.
3: And I guarantee you, him as the Rock would have let Cody finish the story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You <laughs> see no, like, I'm, I'm tired, brother. Do your thing. Yeah, I'm tired. Do take, I'm, tired. Take, <laughs> I'm old. I knew you, daddy. I'm old. I knew daddy. I knew daddy. <laughs> I'm tired, man.
3: No, I, I always liked Moranto. I mean, whether he was a face a heel, uh, I, I I I I loved him in ECW because it gave it that. He, he wasn't quite a legend yet. I mean, he was a legend, obviously, but you get my point. He was still mainstream. That yeah. it gave ECW a feel to it as it wasn't just another indie anymore. So, him and uh, him and
0: him, him and, Snuka and yeah, um, him, Snuka, Eddie Gilbert, you know, that Definitely. was what did the trick to make Definitely. him seem like a and funk,
3: yeah, like,
0: and funk, yeah, obviously, yeah, Terry
3: Funk, too. Oh, of course, of course.
0: Number 406 is B. Brian Blair, 5'10", 235, 12 years pro. Operates a gym in Tampa, often in Florida Independence. He and Jim Brunzel comprise the Killer Bees tag team in the WWF. Beat a young Rick Rude for the Southern title in 1985. Again, like I said when we talked about Brunzel, I don't – like, Brian Blair isn't a guy – like, I'm not like, oh, I hate Brian Blair. But Brian Blair is a guy that just – is just like, Brunzel, I'll watch Brunzel and be – all right, that's a Jim Brunzel match. I'm on it. Brian Blair without Jim Brunzel? Eh.
3: No, I, I agree with that. Um, Brian Brian Blair, he was okay. Uh, not one of my favorites, you know what I mean? Jim Brunzel, though, made the tag team. And I think that when they left the WWE, uh, we watched the the, the, the that match with them on that pay-per-view. What was it, UWF or whatever? Yeah. where they were match confusion because they couldn't use the killer bee name you know i just they were a fun tag team they were great together but, yeah
1: you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like what you say about mike rotundo and i agree with it where it's like you're never gonna knock mike rotunda as a wrestler but it's like right he was boring yeah he was just didn't...
0: Boring. And yeah just and an Brian
1: player. Blair as a wrestler was boring. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Brian Blair was the shits, because he could work. He was right. just boring. Kind of like Tim Horner, too. You know, it's like Tim Horner mm-hmm. wasn't a terrible wrestler. He was just boring, and that's how I look at Brian Blair. But number maybe 405. What, oh, maybe sorry. that's what the B stood for. B,
0: Blair, B Brian Blair. Well, see, and I always boring. thought that was funny. It was, boring. Hey, boring Brian Blair. Number 405 sounds like a hair care product. Number 405 is sashim.
1: That's, <laughs> definitely, that's S- definitely a black a black person hair care product.
2: <laughs> I, 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 had that
1: the-
3: honored, I had that at Benny Hanna the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Sashimi. Sashimi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 6'10", 3'10", two years pro, a huge, mysterious grappler who hails from Somalia, among the most vicious rule-breakers, currently causing all sorts of havoc on independent cards in the southern states. I've never heard of him, but I like that name. Sashimi.
1: Sashimi gives you that great jerry (laughs) curl-looking
3: hair. (laughs) When When you want your jerry curl to look shiny... Try look sashim. for, mm-hmm. look for sashim in the sashim. ethnic hair department. You've heard yeah. of soul glow? Try sashim.
2: Try sashim. <laughs> 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 damn it, man! <laughs> so,
0: yeah, sashim, sashim, is just uh damn it. Sashim is to soul glow as McDougals is to McDonald's.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> 404.
0: Oh, we talked about these fat fucks last week. King Kong. Oh, man. 6'4", 437, five years pro, back in Texas Independence after being in WCW. There, he was Awesome Kong's partner in Harley Race's Colossal Kong's tag team. Likes the splash. You would, too, at that size.
1: <laughs> I do that's we- the only... We Meaning that's those. the only move that he knows.
0: We talked about those piggies last week. The the kongs. I
3: don't know if we said this last week, but does anybody remember that picture in the Guinness Book of World Records of the fat twins on the on the bikes?
1: Oh yeah, that was oh, the call.
3: Yeah. That was the colossal kongs for me. Like somebody <laughs> brought the fat twins in the WCW. You know. <laughs> And you mentioned it, Nate Harley race, like, You want me to manage these guys? Want to managing Vader?
0: I just picture Harley puffing on his cigarette, like, "What the fuck is going
3: right. on?" <laughs> Playing what has gone? Like, really, we're doing? The- so wait, I've had these are the these up, are
0: yeah. the yeah, these are the sloppiest fuckers
3: on God's green earth. I've had Luger. I've had Vader. I had Rude for a little bit, and now you're giving me the colossal cog. And then they threw another guy at him. Which blew my mind because it was actually Hercules in a mask, the super invader. Super Invader. You know, so yeah, bad. Like
0: I don't I don't understand why I never understood the super invader thing. I never, never understood I. it. Like like even if you can't you can okay, you couldn't call him just Hercules, but I'm sure you could call him Hercules Hernandez. Right. Why he do you have to be in a mask? And, and you're, you're you're wanting to build you're wanting to build and you're wanting to take a star from the WWF and you put fucking pantyhose on his head and say he's what? from Singapore or whatever. That was that one always blows my fucking mind. And he
1: didn't know an ounce of karate, oh. but if you were trying to bill him as this Japanese mercenary. It was like what? Or just call him Ray Hernandez. The other thing they did was they got the powers of pain back. Yeah, and, and, put them under and, they, put and, and they put them under the masks and called him the... They uh, a a super.
3: Yeah, the Super Assassins, yeah. And I'll never forget Aaron. Three weeks after they debuted, Bobby Heenan was on commentary on Nitro, and he goes, and I know who those guys are under those masks, and I'll willing to tell you if you call the hotline. I'm like, well, of course you do, Bobby. You, you manage both of them.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> and They took, let's not forget the fact that they took, and he's, he's um, newsworthy right now. They took Billy Jack Haynes and put him on the fucking mask and made him back black. Black uh, blood. They made him bad blood. blood, Black blood. And said he was from a little town in France. From a little town
0: in France. Yeah.
1: And then he looks at the camera and goes, um, black blood. (laughs) (laughs) What the (laughs) fuck? Yeah. It's like
0: from a little town in France. Roll time. (laughs) Um,
3: WCW, the land of putting uh, a mask uh, on somebody's uh, face.
0: Uh, so there, there are eras of WCW where it's just like mind-boggling.
3: Right. Like, how did you almost put Vince Man out of business? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's it serious. To short, shortcomings
0: too. People, damn. People can people can shit on Bischoff all they want, but he was <laughs> he
1: was the, he was <laughs> the one. He was, he was the one. At least he wasn't mildly <laughs> retarded. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Number 403.
0: Wayne Gill, six foot, 263, one year pro. Dwayne's little brother is actually a bit larger. Impressive <laughs> rookie, trained by Dwayne. They've already held two tag titles in the WWA, feuding with the Spiders and Super Jocks. I'm sure this was just some indie guy that Dwayne Gill liked.
1: Yeah, was I, was gonna ask if,
3: I was going to ask if it was Dwayne Gill's brother.
1: <laughs> the Spiders were the headbangers, by the way.
3: Yes.
0: Yes, they were. 402, Bobby Rogers. That's the one that didn't dress like Doink. 5'10", 225, (laughs) five years pro. Claims he's Buddy Rogers' grandson and patterns his style after the Nature Boy. Popular in South Florida independence, formed the UWF Light Heavyweight Champion. Former UWF Light Heavyweight Champion is credited with bringing Tatanka into wrestling. I guess we can thank him
3: for that. We can thank him for that. Why wouldn't his brother also claim to be the grandson of Buddy Rogers?
0: Cuz he claims to be Doink. Ah, doink.
3: Good, for, <laughs> good good throwback. I like that. Okay.
0: Uh, we got another Rogers here. Number 401, Wayne Rogers, 5'11, 229, 21 years pro, calls himself the king of the Southern Ring, but doesn't confuse him but don't confuse him with Jerry Lawler. As one titles in SSW, and other he Dixie went. Independence, determined veteran from Kingsport, Tennessee.
1: We're not going to confuse him win trade all. Right?
3: <laughs> no. No. He
1: doesn't Unless he's like got really. a
2: 14 year old with it in the back yeah, seat.
3: Yeah, I was. You know, Aaron, I'm so glad you're the one that said it because I
2: didn't know how to properly word it. <laughs> well, I got Wayne, Bobby, and what was the other one?
0: Oh. Um, oh, Shit. Doink Rogers. Dwayne. Uh, Blair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Blair. Blake <Monique> Rogers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to a nicer clown, it couldn't have happened. Couldn't have happened. <laughs> Number 400, Giant Ron Reese, 7'2, 365, uh. one year pro, New England's biggest new star, trained by the legendary Killer Kowalski, tags with Big John Studd as the Giants of Wrestling. Played basketball at Santa Clara, Santa Clara University and pro hoops in
1: Europe. And of course, that is the Yeti. Yes, and big Ron Reese, and he was yeah, also, I believe he was,
3: I believe, he was known as Big Ron, Big Ron Stud for a little while too in Yeah, Big Ron
1: Stud, yeah. and then when the Yeti didn't work, he was uh, super, ninja. super
3: ninja. Yep, and then he was a part of Raven's Flock,
1: which was the best he ever was.
0: Being well, yeah. being a part being a part of a group like that was the best thing for a guy like
3: that. well, yeah, because all he kept doing was getting jackhammered by uh, Goldberg. It was just and to dude, show how strong Goldberg was. Dude, I yeah.
1: was just I, I was just gonna say um I started watching just chronologically, I'm like, I'll watch ninety seven through ninety-eight. And I know a lot of people shit on Goldberg now, but at that time he was super exciting. Oh yeah. Um but Fucking watching Goldberg pick that big motherfucker up and stay with him vertically for like right 12 seconds is super fucking impressive. Yeah, <laughs> when he did it to the to him and the giant,
3: you know, it was any like you said, Aaron, he held him up there. He wasn't just a quick one, two, three, put him down. He would sit there with them, and they were I, I don't know if it was their balance, their core strength, or if he was just that freaking strong. But, yeah, Goldberg all the was
1: unbelievable. And, you know? and and to defend a big Ron Reese, like Archie said, it wasn't just Goldberg picking the guy up. It was that guy being able to fucking hold his body up like that. Right, right.
3: right. And to trust Goldberg not to drop him. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then I've heard a couple of dub, a couple other, like, podcasts where they were talking to the workers, and they always made fun of Ron Reese because they – they said he had uh um um T Rex arms. Like he was like this big guy, but I mean, he had like little fucking arms. He was a big midget. <laughs> 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 but anyway. Yeah, no Ro- I got no hate no. on Rod. He, no, like I got no hate on Ron like He said is- existed.
0: Like I said, and I don't know if it was, I don't know if at that point it was, it was Scott Levy, if he had creative input or whatever, but the smartest thing to do with that guy was to put him in the flock.
3: Yeah. yeah. Levy, had, Levy had a
1: lot. Levy, uh, for, I've listened to interviews with him. He, they, like Bischoff gave him car blanche on who you, who do you want in the, who do you want in the flock? Mm. Like he just looked at all the basically looked at all the worldwide guys and was like, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take that (laughs) one.
3: Yeah, the only guy he brought in that we never saw before was Sick Boy. But everybody else was already on the WCW roster. Billy Kidman, Reese, Scotty Riggs. You know what I mean?
1: And the only one one that wasn't like a joke. I shouldn't say joke because they were all talented people. But the only one that wasn't like a just a throwaway world weight, worldwide guy was like Perry, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah. Saturn was yeah, they, Saturn was built a Star the minute he walked through the, through the damn door yeah. wearing that hoodie, you know? I, I can remember watching ECW when Saturn broke his leg and they were devastated for him and Cronus because they were about to win the tag titles again. And then like a month later, I'm watching ECW at night uh, on, on tape, actually, because I taped it the night before because it would come on at, like, 2 in the morning. Saturn dropped an elbow from the top of a ladder on one leg, and they made a big deal about it in the ECW arena. And then Nitro's about to start, and here comes Saturn out. To, like, shit, WCW stole them from ECW. <laughs> <laughs> Number
0: 399 is Mike Anthony, 5'10", 205, four years pro, former Windy City Wrestling light heavyweight champion, had, had many amateur titles to his credit after a 15-year uh-huh. amateur career, has appeared in the UWF and USWA, learned pro wrestling in Mexico. And I do remember Mike Anthony from Memphis stuff. so
3: Yeah, I do too. I do too. 398, uh-huh.
0: Bam Bam, Bam Bam Colson.
3: <laughs> I heard he's gonna team with Blaze Bigelow, and they're gonna become a tag team known as Bam Bam Bigelow. The Bam ba-
0: the Bam Bam Bigelows, right. so as
3: not to get sued. And they might get managed by Sir Oliver Humperdinck.
0: <laughs> Sir Oliver Humperdoink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, as played by Blair Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> We're just a couple of lows. <laughs> with our Humperdoink. With our
0: Humperdoink.
1: I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I popped think...
0: myself on that one. <laughs> we're
1: just a couple big Bigelow's and we're o's to get matched <laughs> up with Vader.
0: <laughs> Com- combine Cactus... It's funny. Combine Cactus Jack's craziness with Big Van Vader's brutality and you have this future star. Mid-Atlantic champion... And that's all we got. Um, oh, yeah,
2: he was
1: real. Over. So it's abyss. Is it abyss? <laughs> no. <Yeah>, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
3: But I think his real name was Chris Parker, so I don't think he. Did.
0: <laughs> Damn. Three, three ninety seven is Chris Weeder, 239, thirty <laughs> nine, eight years pro. Ed Atlas's super jock partner, alleged nephew of fitness wow. maven Joe Weeder. Formerly competed as Chris the Edge Evans, says he holds the world natural bench press record. Everything about this guy is fake.
3: You you said his name the first time. And <laughs> I told you I could have sworn you said his last name was Wiener. That's why I chuckled. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I thought you said he was a super jerk partner. <laughs>
2: Gross. Well, to be real frank. <laughs> good one
0: mark <laughs> quit hot dogging mark <laughs> number three n- number 396 is actually a guy that as a kid as a kid when he was in global and then the very short time he was in the WWF I was actually a mark for this guy 396 is big bully Busick 6-1 255, eight years pro, regularly appears on Georgia Independent Cards, famed for his heart punch, something he developed in recent years, former All-Star champion, was briefly in the
1: WWF. I actually liked Big Bully Music when I was a kid. I liked Big Bully Music too. It was a cool gimmick. He was built like a fucking fire hydrant, and but I liked the gimmick. I liked the, like, he was like, when he'd walk out, and he'd pop the balloon with his stogie and shit like that. It was mm-hmm. a cool gimmick. Like, they should have done more with it. And, like, he was like a about. You know? I thought mm-hmm. it was alright. I thought it
2: was a you know, cool little gimmick. I th- I think a really good tag team would be if this gimmick was around with, uh, when Santino was doing his shit. And partnered <laughs> with Santino.
3: Well, see, my. That's what I'm gonna say. What I was gonna say, actually, he Harvey Wimpleman was his manager, right? Yes. WWF. Right. Yeah. They were kind of like I don't know if you guys remember the episodes of Tom and Jerry, and it was like Spike the big dog with the bowler hat and the big heavy. You one, know, with the big, the and spider, his little dog, and then the little yapping dog that would get him in trouble, so he'd have to fix it. That's what I imagine Harvey and Bully was trying to pull off. You know what I mean? The loud loudmouth yeah. with the heavy, you know
1: film so. yeah i got no I, I liked big bully music i did too like fucking gimmick
2: he looked like a fucking wrestler it was yeah god. he did
0: god he damn it cool. he looked
2: like a fucking wrestler he looked like big Dick Dick the and yeah. yeah fuck yeah
3: I mean, and handlebar was like unbelievable.
1: fun fact the little girl that he blew up when he when he popped her balloon that was bobby's kid did you mm-hmm. know that really yeah. I, did I not know that, that was daughter. bobby
0: heenan's daughter yep
1: yeah the bully busick gimmick was fucking good and they should have done more with it in my opinion
0: he was in that and he was booked for that ever-changing 1991 wwf survivor series match like the match that had uh uh that was just like like berserker and etc cetera, etc cetera. like that match was fun be funny because it like week after week, like the participants changed in it. Like at one point, this guy was supposed to be in it, and then he wasn't, and then Busick was supposed to be in it, and he got replaced with somebody else, and Hercules was supposed to be in it, and then he wasn't in it.
3: Anyway. Uh,
0: number 395 is Mr. Saito, 511, 247, 29 years pro. American fans may remember when he teamed with Mr. Fuji in the WWF in the mid 80s. Former AWA world champion, a regular Japanese competitor, despite his years. Ass kicker.
1: Ass kicker. Yep. Definitely. He's a guy, I, he's gone now, but he's a guy kind of like a haku or a fucking barbarian where it didn't matter how old that motherfucker would have got. If I was in that room, if I was in a room with him, I'd be like, that guy's scary. I'm not going <laughs> to fuck with <it."> him. <laughs> and and he was, and like I said, he was just an ass kicking some bitch, man.
2: He's probably in there doing neck bridges the whole fucking time. That's what I'm <laughs> saying, so like, I'm not fucking with that guy.
0: <laughs> it's funny because Mr. Saito and Mr. Fuji versus the Strongbows is one of those tag team matches that I watched. I was like, this is terrible, but it was so over, so it didn't matter that it was terrible. Like the match itself is awful it's so boring and plotting but the crowd is into it every fucking second so say what you want wrestling ain't always about the best work you know what i mean yeah but
3: he was a good storyteller in the renee because i can remember when wcw did that joint pay-per-view with new japan and it was team new japan versus team wcw and this mr masa walked out and they're like and, you know, a living legend. And they're like, okay, who's this old guy? I've never heard of him before. And then he had his match. And I remember thinking, wow, ask her. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if he could be doing this at this age, what was he doing when he was younger? Right. And then they explained, like you said, teams with Fuji uh, up and down, the, you know, the United States and the Orient. And I was like, okay, I got to watch more of his stuff now.
1: So he's, and In my th- opinion, he's the, he's the Japanese haku. Like that's the guy in the locker room you don't fuck with. I agree.
2: Yes, a mess a. <laughs>
0: 394 Buddy Wayne, 5'6, 202, 8 years pro. Has done well in Pacific Northwest region, despite his smallish size. Everett Washington native excels at the crossbody off the top rope, an intense popular competitor.
3: Sounds familiar good for him. It's not good for him. <laughs>
0: Number 393 is Dwayne Gill, 5'11", 237, 4 years pro, WWA competitor teams with brother Wayne. They're the two-time tag team title holders. Calls himself a WWF superstar but not quite. He's a preliminary wrestler at its TV tapings. Can we say that for yeah, our era, Can we say that for our era of wrestling? I'm not talking about a guy that watched wrestling in the 70s cuz he may have a different or maybe a guy that watched in the early '80s because he had, may have a different. But can we say for our generation of wrestling, it's Dwayne Gill and Barry Horowitz are the best job
1: guys. Without a doubt, yeah, they're the mul. They're they're the mulkies of our generation, Agreed. and um, he's one of the best parts of the. And I know this guy is going to get a lot of hate, and he should but he's part of the greatest thing that Vince Rousseau ever wrote.
0: You mean the whole Which Gilbert the thing? Deadly
1: the, dead, the
0: Deadly Game Tournament.
3: Yeah. <coughs> yeah.
0: That's I, the greatest
1: I, I, thing Vince Rousseau ever wrote. And Vince McMahon giving him that big buildup and everything, it's fucking great. And um, it happened years and years and years after this but he has one of my favorite um, live wrestling moments ever. He got his ass beat in a fucking independent show Nate and I went to, and then when it was done, he went, oh, that guy was bigger <laughs> than I thought. Sorry. And then <laughs> left. <laughs> Sorry. Remember that night? Yes. Said sorry, like he got his ass beaten. Sorry, <clears> and left. Apologize apologized to the, us, the entire crowd. He's like sorry, and left. But no, Dwayne Gill. Um, you know I kind of deviated away from what this is, but he is a guy that should be remembered as making guys on TV that maybe weren't the greatest wrestlers in the world look better than they were. Definitely. You know? Like guys Definitely. like Big Bully Busic. Like he made Big Bully Busic look fucking awesome, you know? And he- I'm kind of hoping that I'm kind of hoping that now that Hunter's kind of running the shit that guys like that are gonna get The credit they deserve. That makes sense.
3: Nate, he used to team with somebody in the WWF when they would do tag. They they uh, looked almost identical. Very Hardy, very Hardy, Hardy. Yeah, yeah. They both had the 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 blonde mullet with the black on the sides and singlets, and yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: they were. They they were. They were the turtles, weren't they? Didn't they do that one turtles
3: match? I think so. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right,
0: number 392. Oh, you didn't know? It's Brian Armstrong, 6'4", 240, two years pro, youngest and tallest of the Armstrongs, beginning to make an impact in Smoky Mountain, gradually learning to use his skills, took part in Operation Desert
3: Storm. So His phone was cut back then. Nobody was calling his ass. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I can remember him debuting on uh, WCW Worldwide with Brad in, in a tag team. And I just kept going. Where did this guy come from? Because I knew Scott, I knew Steve, I knew Brad. I'm like, there's more of these guys. Right? Yeah, you know, just I mean. crawling out of the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, ironically,
0: ironically, you know, he he goes on to to uh, <clears throat> goes on to huge fame, but not with his family name. So. Right. Right.
1: And the funny part is too, though he's he he's like though I don't want to say worst worker, but he's like the least worker of the entire family. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, exactly. he had he had he had the most charisma out of all. Right. Of them. He definitely had the most charisma. But he's he's at, in ring wise, he's probably the lesser of all of them. Like Brad yeah. was the best worker. Right.
3: Brad was the best out of the four. Right.
1: And Bob was their dad was like a, a hell of a talk. Like the best Armstrong is Steve, but anyway, I'm just I don't want to ramble. I can talk for a minute and a half about the fucking Armstrong.
0: Number 391, Michael Hayes, 6'1, 255, 15 years they're, pro. They're, the free birds have returned. But he's been sidelined for some time with a neck injury. He'll always be noted for rivalry with the Von Ericks, among the craftiest of competitors.
1: At this one is when point, he came back uh, to W. This is when he came back to WCW for a minute. Yeah. Yep.
3: This is around the time he I don't know if you guys have ever watched a WWE documentary about Stone Cold. This is where he invented the stunner. And he called it the 911. He tells a story during that, that he wanted a devastating move to, to come down on the chin. And he liked the ace crusher, but he didn't like having to jump to do it. So he invented the stunner. He got injured and couldn't use it. So he gave it to, you know, Jimmy Garvin. And Garvin used it in one match against Johnny B-Bad. And then when he got to the WWE, WWF and they were working with Austin, Austin's like, I don't like the Million Dollar Dream anymore. And he's like, well, i got a move, kid, if you want to see it. And Austin fell in love with it. So.
0: And he is... uh He's one of the best talkers in the history of the business. Definitely. There's no doubt about it. Um, and...
1: Mine. What's that, Aaron? He's also one of the best minds. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, bell to bell, serviceable. But it
0: doesn't matter because, again, he can talk them into the building. You know, so... And and I mean, if you watch the, the thing about World Class, and I know this is we're talking about '94, but World Class, the Freebirds, Von Erichs, great rivalry. The yep. problem, the biggest problem I have with it is in hindsight, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. It's hard to watch World Class when you binge watch it. I understand. I understand. I
3: understand,
0: I understand why people back then watching it on saturday then waiting till next saturday then waiting till next saturday then going to the arena i understand why it why it worked but it's hard to binge watch world class cuz like aaron said it's too repetitive like every right. week it's like it's going to be the freebirds and the von ericks or some some mix of the freebirds and the von ericks and right. if you actually watch the television very rarely do the freebirds ever even fucking beat the von ericks right? um right so I, I don't know, and I'm not. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying I see why it was so exciting. I really do. I see why it was so exciting for those people in Dallas and in that area at that time, watching weekly wrestling television. But it's hard to binge watch World Class
1: because <laughs> and, 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 and I know, like you said, where Hayes was a great like personality, and maybe wasn't the best worker in the world. But it's kind of like um, the expression of um, those who can't play coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, is Michael Hayes the greatest in-ring worker in the world? No. But he can look at a fucking canvas and tell you how to fucking do it. You right. know what I mean? Like, he would... the. It's kind of like um, that guy wouldn't have made it as long as he did in the WWF if he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like is he the greatest? Is he the greatest in in ring worker of all time? No, but he knows exactly what that fucking company needs. It's kind of and, and like it's kind of like Michael Cole. Is Michael Cole the greatest? Commentator of all time, no, but he might be the greatest. Like Jim Ross is the greatest commentator of all time, but Michael Cole is the greatest WWE commentator of all time. Yeah, that makes sense. Good good point. Yeah, Yeah. for their style
0: and their product,
1: he's perfect. Yeah, Michael Cole is the greatest, or or, uh, Mike Hayes is the greatest producer or road agent of all time in the WWE because he's been there for fucking ever, and he knows exactly what that fucking company needs. That's my opinion.
3: Mark, anything to add about Hayes?
2: Yeah, at one time, he looked like a pimp named Slickback. (laughs) Looks like a pimp now. (laughs) He does. I swear the pictures that they use for him on cards, he looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, I agree with that. Dog the Bounty Hunter looks like Michael Hayes. Yeah, well... same thing. Show some respect.
0: <laughs> Number 390, Len Jacobs, 6'8, 279. Len um, Jacobs. Rookie year. Giant known as Doomsday. Young and intimidating. Reminds some of Sid Vicious, but without the sadistic streak. Has beaten Eddie Gilbert in Puerto Rico. Up and comer. There's an understatement. Um. Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, I,
3: his rookie year. I, I gotta be honest. I don't I don't think he's gonna get past this. I don't think he's ever gonna be worth anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I
2: can't put a face of it. Yeah. to and it.
0: And it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that he he starts in I think he, like late '93, early '94, because he does mm. have that at some point he's Bruiser Bruiser Mustino and does a job match for on uh, WCW, yeah. but. It's crazy to think about the fact that he is, in his first year in wrestling, he does the job on WCW. He wrestles in the USWA, Puerto Rico, Smoky Mountain, because he's teaming with Al Snow. And then by the end of his second year, he's Isaac Yankum in the WWF and it's off to the fucking races. And I know he went the few years with the bad gimmicks and all that stuff, but man, can you think of like, there's very few guys that got that that big that quick, you know? It I mean, also
1: shows... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. It also shows that in the wrestling business, as long as you're a, a nice guy and you just do whatever's asked of you and you show respect to the older People in the locker room you're gonna be alright You know what I mean like Glenn Jacobs If he would have been a dick And been like I don't want to be Isaac Yankum This is fucking stupid But he took everything That they threw at him And gave it 100% And was respectful to everybody and it, Around him And it, and it, and it, also, like, it, it, it also, It's kind probably... of like he's, 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 he's almost in like in the same Like aspect of like an Owen Hart or Whatever we have you ever heard anybody in the wrestling business say anything bad about Glenn Jacobs? No, no.
0: It probably also good. didn't help that in his, in his first year in the business, he had high level contact with Eddie Gilbert, Jerry Lawler, Jim Cornette, and Al snow, who are right. all people that are giving him super advice on how to make it in the wrestling business.
1: Right. I mean, look. they said, shake hands, be quiet and just do what they told do.
3: Right. I mean, to go from Isaac Yankum... Plus,
1: you're 6'7", and you look like a fucking Greek god.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, you go from child. Yankum, and then they tell you during your off time, look, we're going to dye your hair black, and we want you to be the fake diesel. And then they kill that carrier character off. He goes back to the USWA. They make him the Christmas creation, which was the precursor to Kane. Which was, you know, he became Doomsday. And then, and it's like, and then the Kane one just clicked because I guess because of the chemistry he had with Taker. You know what I mean? And talk about nine lives of a wrestling career.
0: Well, and talk about landing the best fucking WWF gimmick you could ever land. Right, right. What's my gimmick? You're the Undertaker's brother. But well, he oh.
3: had to eat a lot of, But well, my point is he had to eat a lot of shit before he got to that. You know what I mean? You're going to be the fake diesel and he had to have gone in his head. Shit, I gotta follow Kevin Nash. You know what right, I mean? Right. you, you know, I think it's like I, I
1: I think we talked about it on RTE, right? They it's like your Undertaker's brother. The Undertaker ain't going anywhere. Right. Neither is his brother. Even if we blow you up, which they we'll did still figure out a way. <laughs> we'll still figure out a we'll still figure out a way that you're you fucking blown apart body parts formed right. back together and created you they again. basically
3: they basically took aspects of jason Voorhees and michael myers and mashed them together and went this is the character we want and jen glenn jacobs went no problem yeah you know what i mean it worked out perfectly for him because yes the undertaker isn't going anywhere but we've seen gimmicks fail before guys because guys couldn't get them over so we do know that this could have buried him no pun intended had it yeah. just not clicked right. You I know. Think he could there was that, there,
1: there was that, um, you know, that run where they gave him the big gold belt, yeah, you know, where he had his mask off or whatever. He was like, ball yeah. or whatever. Um, Cena, who has a lot of respect for Glenn Jacobs, which everybody should, um, talked about when Glenn got that belt and. He basically said that was, like, um, the entire locker room, basically, being like, this guy should get a run. And it was kind of, like, he, um, like, compared it to, like, when an actor that maybe never got, like, an Academy Award got, like, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Right. Right. Like, everybody in the locker room was like, give the fucking guy the belt. Like, he should have it.
3: And it worked.
0: Even if that for a great if if
1: for a month, give him the fucking belt.
0: Yeah, it's like when they gave uh Mick the
3: belt. Right. Someone you know. who's been through every you've blown him up, okay, give him give, give him his prize. You know. Number 389,
0: Rip Sawyer. Yeah,
3: Tom's Six
1: yeah, fuck him. I don't know who he is. Six foot two thirty-six,
0: six years pro Baltimore native is former ACW champion losing the belt to T Rantula. Longtime <laughs> member of the Cream team. Ew. With partner oh. Dave Casanova. More aggressive no. since losing the title.
2: What the fuck did they have going on at this promotion?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> finishing maneuver. His finish finishing maneuver was the sticky icky. <laughs>
3: Oh
0: All right, we're gonna
1: we're gonna move on from the cream team. Please it came out to the weird Al song, the white stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Number three eighty eight is oh. Bull Payne. six three two four years pro, frequent competitor in Southern Independence, nasty native of South Carolina who loves to cause havoc, always accompanied by his valet Samantha, formerly in USWA and Global. Bull Payne's one of those guys that I'm surprised never made it like big.
1: Because he was actually pretty good and had a good look. He should have at least made it to w c w mid card I think
3: uh, da, 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 Archie and mark anything on bull Pain? i'm the, the only thing that I have running around in my head is why some of these guys I mean bullpane great great you know guy the was a good gimmick, but they always put them with like the weirdest valets. Like he's always with Samantha, or like I think it was uh, uh, Tony Anthony, Dirty White Boy. Didn't he yeah. have like a nurse with him when he was mm. on the Independence? No, he had he probably, had the but...
0: dirty white he had the dirty white girl. I don't remember if okay. he had a nurse or not at any
3: point. I know but... that I know one of them they, you know just a nurse, but they always put them. Like, <coughs> I guess it was because hey, we're gonna throw an attractive girl with them, so maybe it'll help them get some eyes on them. Well, but and it's and it also really worked. Well, the I was going to say I
0: think a lot of times with a guy like that, that 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 look, I right. hate to say this cuz it sounds awful. But I think sometimes also you they get paired up with a girl like that, so it's like, eh, maybe one day we can do the gimmick like Randy Savage and Elizabeth where we allude to the fact that he's beating her. You know what maybe. I mean? Like you might
3: be like, smack
1: you smack her around. And, her around. and I'm there. I'm,
0: I'm not saying that? it's good or saying it's bad. I'm just saying maybe that's why. Hey, I, I w- don't
3: know. WWE did it with Mike Knox and and Kelly Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, there is always that. Uh, you know, it's always the understanding of if we put him with a woman, he's got the chance of hitting her or something, and that'll rile up everybody. You know, everybody and nobody, nobody,
0: nobody ever did that kind of an act better than Randy and Liz. By the way,
2: right? Well, I mean, we just talked about somebody that. Uh, basically, you know, rape somebody and, and that was the storyline and then their baby got kicked into the crowd, just saying. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't yeah, my
0: fault. <laughs> Alright, so we've reached our 90 minutes. We are at 387. How far do we want to go? Do you want to go to 385? Do you want to go to 380? I'll leave it up to you guys.
3: I- I'm willing to roll the dice. Let's go to 385. And if the name, if we end on like a sour note at 385, let's go to 380.
0: All
2: right. But Sounds
3: that's just good. me. What do you guys think? I'm okay. good. Archie, Archie, you made the call. It's good. All right.
0: 387 is Bulldozer. 6'8, 510 pounds, four, four years pro. Gargantuan trained by Killer Kowalski. Says he's wrestling, he's wrestling's premier TV movie trivia expert. <laughs> Has body slammed the warlord and giant Ron Reese in the IWF. There's a picture of him here, and he just looks like a, a fat guy. Like,
1: wasn't that Roadblock Bulldozer? Ah, uh, no, that was Rob Chester Road. Yeah, I, oh, it's okay. not.
0: It's I'm, I. I was like looking at his face. I'm like, if I grow his hair out, and no, he doesn't. He doesn't look as like <laughs> Roadblock looked like he didn't have any teeth.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right about <laughs> that thing. You know, he may like have, but
0: he just had he just had a face that looked like it didn't have any teeth. Mm-hmm. This guy's not
3: him. Okay. Like a mongoloid. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a <laughs> mongoloid.
0: 386 is Johnny Hotbody, 510, 230, mm-hmm. six years pro. Violent former ECW champ still makes the rounds of the Eastern Independence. Fierceness, fierceness compensates for relatively small size and lack of power has never forgiven PWI for inadvertently omitting him from the 1991 survey. Johnny Hotbody.
1: That's funny. And he saw his heat with the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. I,
3: I, I remember, if I remember correctly, you guys are the ECW aficionados here. He was like, was it Tommy Dreamer beat him? And then Stevie Richards... Brought in Raven to like vindicate him Or something I remember It was supposed to you know a Dreamer and, and Stevie were feuding, And Stevie going I didn't bring you Johnny Hotbody I didn't bring you Scotty Flamingo I brought you Raven and out walked Scott Levy
0: Yeah Johnny Hotbody Was in the Mix for that introduction of Raven Yeah, yeah. he was also was the,
1: it- He was in the initial little Ravens plot thing.
0: Yeah, with uh, him and uh, Tony Stetson.
1: Yeah, there you uh, go. That's right. I gotta say
0: this, and this is from watching, doing Reliving the Extreme and watching those early episodes of ECW.
3: Mm-hmm. And I know
0: on Reliving the Extreme, we take a comedic approach a lot of times, and we poke fun, and we we poke holes and everything and all that. But honestly, Stetson and Hotbody were a pretty integral part of the, the, the fucking foundation
3: of starting that company. That's what that I'm saying. Company. That's what I'm saying. Without him, there'd be no the, Dreamer feud.
1: And they were that that they were a funny team because they were the Hollywood blondes and neither one of them were blonde or whatever. Yeah. But it, they, they regional wise it worked. They were entertaining for what they were.
0: Alright, number 385 is Brad Riggins. Six foot, 248, 14 years pro, renowned as a trainer, but a fine competitor in his own right. Former AAU champ. Anytime I say former AAU, ch- anytime I say AAU champ, all I can think of is Iron Sheik. Anyway, Minnesota native won the AWA tag team title with Ken Patera in 1989. Tactical master. Here's what I'm going to say about ringons. All right. And, and for those of you that have, uh, that may be younger or whatever, and you, you haven't explored a lot of old wrestling or haven't, you're not one of those people that dives into just watching shit you've never seen before. Brad Ringins, and this is not a knock, this is just an observation. Literally, Brad Ringins was Kurt Angle without the charisma. If Brad okay. Ringins would have had charisma, like, like, Promo ability and all that jazz. He would have been Kurt Angle before Kurt Angle because he was that fucking good bell to bell.
3: Interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that. I've never. I've never seen him wrestle before.
1: Uh, Nate's right, and that's what I was going to say. Is that if he could have been a, if he would have been like able to cut promos and all that shitty would have been a bigger star, but they're not wrong when they said that, like, we're down trainer. There's a lot yeah. of guys that own their, owe a lot of their careers to Brad Reagans.
0: All right, so that was 385. Is that who we want to end on, or do we want yeah, to I think that's soldier a on the 380? All right, 385. For me, that's-, that's
3: good. It's up to you guys, though. I don't mind.
2: I'm here for it, <laughs> Aaron? Aaron.
0: Aaron, Aaron, you there? Aaron must
2: fell asleep. So we're starting. We're ending it so he could cuss us all. i did fall asleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I pooped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you want to stop at Rangans or do you want to go to three hundred and eighty?
3: I I have no choice but to stop at Riggins. My phone is about to die, and my earbud just died, too.
0: All right, so we're going to stop right now. (laughs) 385, we'll put a a fucking pin in it, and we'll start next week at 384. That's Um, a good round
1: number. We're good.
0: I want to thank Aaron, Mark, and Archie for joining me this week. I love these PWI 500 episodes. Great conversation. And we will see everybody next week with more of the 1994 pwi 500 here on the we can't wrestle podcast have a great
3: week everybody